busy ass. Yeah, what's one hour later than scheduled to do this? Yeah, I mean, yeah, what's an hour? Everything's better on its second take. I didn't want to do anything tonight I, anyway. I didn't have plans. I well, no, I didn't really. It was mainly just shower and maybe watch another episode of you. Well, anyway. you don't get to watch you. <laughs> Good point. I don't do my homework. You don't watch you. <laughs> All right, anyway, <laughs> let's just go. <laughs> hello, hello, welcome to Too Much Free Time so Podcast. <laughs> I'm your host, Mark Burris. With me, as always, is Peter Blankenship. We're going to do this again. <laughs> I laugh because that joke's only funny to us because yeah. they don't know. I did, this is, the fr- I did that the first time. Yeah, this is take two. We had a computer malfunction. Yeah, Windows 10 crashed, updated my computer, so like half of this is going to be new, <laughs> half of this is rehashing. I did that whole Canyon thing because it's just me and Mark today. <laughs> Zach and John don't have enough free time. I'm, I know, I'm going through the jokes <laughs> we made in the first pass, it's not, and it's we, just like, it's not worth it. Yeah, but that that the sound <laughs> of that is funny enough to warrant a second take. Yes, yes it was. <laughs> anyway... This is a Star Wars retrospective episode. Should be part one of three. Yeah. We're planning on doing, you know, the prequel trilogy, which is this episode. The next time we're going to do the original trilogy, and then we're going to do the sequel trilogy. Oh, this is the prequel. Or the, or the Disney era, as is the sequel trilogy is referred to. So today we'll be talking about episodes one, two, and three, Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, and Revenge of the Sith. And... Just, you know, for all you guys, the first time we didn't say the movie titles. That's true. So, you I, know, <laughs> it's better. This It's probably better we're doing it a second time. I feel like so much of this is going to be funny to us <laughs> because we're repeating stuff. It's okay. <laughs> it's cool to talk about George Lucas's jowls. It is. We can never stop talking about his jowls. But, yeah, Phantom Menace came out 99, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, God, it just feels weird going over stuff I've already said. We didn't say 99 the first the, time. We didn't, but I'm about to go into the whole, we're in that awkward generation that it's watched. Okay. <laughs> it's okay. It's our first time. Right. This is the happen. first time I've said this, but you know, we're at that age where we were in that point where Phantom Menace came out, but we had already grown up watching the re-release of the original trilogy. So we already knew what Star Wars was. We were excited about Phantom Menace. We were day one kind of psyched about it. and uh, But we were also at that great age where the ridiculousness of Phantom Menace, like this very weird Jar Jar Binks stuff, played to us. Like that all played to us. I thought the pod racing scene was the coolest thing to ever happen in cinema. Well, the pod racing was pretty cool. Oh, I mean, there's a reason why for 10 years you couldn't walk into a store that sold TVs without that being the like yeah. display thing. And it's still, out of all the CGI shit in their, like Phantom Menace specifically, the pod racing holds up the best. That's not saying a whole lot. The Boba. The uh, what is it? The a particular nasty dog named Sebulba. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I loved Phantom Menace when it first came out. I had the VHS tape. I feel like it was the last Star Wars movie I bought on VHS because I feel wow. like Attack of the Clones when that came out, DVD was already in full swing. Right? I feel like that's huh. Yeah. Yeah, because, like, uh, I mean, I, I have the Lord of the Rings Fellowship of the Ring on VHS, and uh, that's a twofer. That's and, uh, 
yeah, DVDs are out too. It was just for all the lazy people that didn't have those DVD players yet because they didn't have tons of money to shell out. Oh, yeah. My family had that awesome VHS and DVD player. The combo, the yeah. The combo was the coolest thing. The backwards compatible technology. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, yeah. But uh, I just remember the main reason. I, I just remember everything about going to the Phantom Menace because it was so exciting. Like, I didn't have a costume because I was still just, like, playing with a stick in the backyard for a lightsaber. But I definitely would have dressed up if I had the forethought at a, as a child to dress up like a star wars character and just like i don't it's so weird to look back on that because that's pre-internet well real internet as it is now like the internet existed but we were too young to really be on it well yeah we and even adults were like questioning it hardly so, downloading jpegs <laughs> yeah so it was such like a weird time to think look back on it was before the big one the big 9-11 so everyone was happy was like, the big one what <laughs> there are a lot of big things that's true but yeah. i was talking about the one that was right around the corner yeah okay wow <laughs> <laughs> i'm just saying everybody was happy airports were cool <laughs> yeah yeah tsa wasn't looking at me sideways i know it was a, what a time to be alive but I remember, I think I saw Phantom Menace maybe six times Holy in theaters. Crap. I feel bad for every member of my family that saw that multiple times. Yeah, because you weren't driving. I was not driving. They wouldn't let you take the big wheel on the interstate. To be fair, movie tickets back then were price gouging like they are today. They weren't a lot better. But they were better. I guess. I don't know. It's What's the difference to you? You're seven. And then, so, and it's funny to think, so that was my experience with Phantom Menace. Did you see it in theaters with your family? No. The first time I saw it was we took like a combined family vacation to North Carolina with a with fam like a family friend family. Um and they brought the Phantom Menace. I can't remember if it was D V D or VHS. And then we watched it and I was in awe. <laughs> I like it was incredible. Darth Maul, what the Oh yeah, Darth Maul was the coolest thing in the world. And then that's the Duel of Fates yeah. song, which is incredible. It's now iconic. Like, yeah, and I honestly think that might have been my first real exposure to Star Wars was watching it there. Your first, like, yeah, like real deep I don't, dive into it. Well, I don't think I ever watched the original because uh, growing up before that, my mom and dad weren't like crazy about all that or about anything, space so. wizards. <laughs> Yeah, but I saw that and that was awesome. Then we watched all of them. Yeah, I had the. I was lucky enough to. I forgot it was if it was like for both me and my brother for Christmas or something. But we had that um, that Darth Vader gold box edition of the original oh, trilogy yeah. Oh, yeah. that had the three VHS tapes. We had that. I remember it. I just watched those constantly. But yeah, it's weird to think. So the the Phantom Menace that was ninety nine. Uh, Revenge of the Sith. W- uh, Revenge of the Sith. Sorry. Attack I mean, that was of later, the Clones. Yeah was i think it was 2002 yeah 2003 i want to say 2002 and i'm gonna just go ahead and stall while i'm looking this up on the <laughs> internet well the reason i ask because i remember that one being a birthday yeah, party it's 2002 thing. i remember i had a birthday party at the imax when that opened in um opryland or opry mills i guess at that point but I remember IMAX had just opened they were showing attack of the clones and we had like a birthday my birthday party there were you at that one I want to say you were. We saw it in big IMAX. It wasn't 3D, but we saw it in the big no. screen. It was that was, was that fifth grade. 
Yeah, that was probably like. Would that have been fifth grade? That would yeah, that would have been fifth grade. So I wasn't. I wasn't there. I was peace out. Oh, you were peace out by that point. Oh, you're right. Yeah. I forgot about that. Well, you missed out on yeah, a after, very after the big party. one. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just remember I took that one. I think I saw like three or four times in theaters because I saw when it came out and I had a birthday party thing and I probably tricked like a babysitter or two to taking me to go see it. Uh, How do you trick someone to taking you to the theater? That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't even know where I was having them drive. <laughs> Jokes on them. They didn't realize until the credits started rolled. They're like, how the hell did I get here? <laughs> how did this fifth grader get me in my car, unbeknownst to me? And what are we doing at the theater? I have popcorn. <laughs> Attack of the Clone. No. No. <laughs> not even American Beauty. I remember not being as wowed by um, Attack of the Clones, but still loving it. Like well, I thought it was so fun. The end fight scene is huge. Oh, yeah. Another the- huge finale yeah yeah all the fights were super cool i remember being like super kind of confused about the anakin padme stuff just because you know i was still young enough to be like okay so it is he's older but isn't she older still like 10 years older than him you know what i mean they're like I just thought she was cute oh i I I love natalie portman oh i'd be better to her than he is And then Revenge of the Sith came out when we were in eighth grade, I think, right? It was about eighth grade. Yeah, uh, that was 2005. Oh, wow, yeah. So they were, oh, that makes sense. They were spaced out in like two or three years. And I remember, and so, you know, the internet, we had more of it yeah, in 2005. We, oh, man. I actually read the, the Revenge script, of the, the Sith script because uh, it somehow got leaked. I had that saved on my laptop, but I didn't read it. I like had it saved so I could when I got back I would like read it oh, and see if so it was cool. real. It's so cool it, to read. It was it was cool to read. I even got I went to Costco and bought the book and read the book. <laughs> the book's different though. It's not crazy different. But there's like weird context stuff that's in it that you're like, oh, why didn't they put that in the movie? But But it was good. It was cool. Yeah. All those books are interesting. <sighs> but I just remember Revenge of the Sith being because in eighth grade at that point, we were very much like, oh, wow, yeah, Attack of the Clones is garbage. And Phantom Menace, like, oh, Jar Jar. But Revenge of the Sith was so dark that it was that weird, like, yeah, it was kind of lame, but low-key, that was that was savage. Well, it was the first <laughs> PG-13 Star Wars. Yeah, and that was a huge deal. Oh, man, I remember, I remember leaving sad, but a different sad than I left leaving the sequel trilogy. I left leaving Revenge of the Sith sad, one, because the ending is sad. But two, like that. Yeah, minus belt. the no, minus yeah, that. Yeah, minus it is sad. that. Minus that is sad. But <laughs> it it left me feeling so like sad in the sense of like it is over. Like it felt the circle was complete. It go the Revenge of the Sith goes right into the original trilogy. There's yeah. no, you know, I have the extended universe stuff still to look forward to and read through again. But it felt so final, and I feel like. The sequel trilogy, it didn't feel final. It felt unnecessary. It felt weird when I left. So I was left more of like a sad, confused of like, oh man, I wanted to like that more. Well, and it also has a similar end to six. Which right. then if six had a seven, then why can't nine have a ten? Exactly. They didn't close it very well. Yeah. But, oh man. Yeah, and re- just the prequel trilogies themselves, I feel like... There are a lot of spectacle. A lot of the CGI hasn't held up, but I also give it a pass. Well, it was cutting edge. Right. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah, like the 
a lot of what, especially in Phantom Menace, had never been done before. So it's kind of that, um, I forgot the name of that runner, but the runner that broke the four-minute mile when they thought they couldn't be done. Usain Bolt? Was that not him? I don't think it was Usain Bolt because he's the sprinter. I don't. You know what I'm talking about? But like, the fast person. there's, that, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. the whole story of the first guy to get past the impossible. It's like a huge deal, but then everyone passes it because they now know that it's possible. And so that looks not as impressive. It's kind of that scenario where George Lucas pushed the boundaries of visual effects. Like Jar Jar Binks, as much as you shit on him, because he's a stupid character, that was a huge deal. Like, I don't think we would have Gollum without Jar Jar Binks, yeah, to not be honest. The same. Like, that's weird to think about that Andy Serkis is definitely Oscar worthy performance, and I don't know how that doesn't get a nomination. Wouldn't exist without the Misa, <laughs> like, <laughs> the goofy ass, like, oh no, Misa Bodoro. <laughs> well, I remember when uh, Revenge of the Sith was coming out like before it came out and they were doing kind of like a 60 minute special just on the making of revenge of the sith and they were talking to george lucas and the scene they were looking at and it was like a six second scene but it was just a wookie jumping down on one of the droid vehicles latching, oh, latching a grenade on it and jumping off and it exploding and him just explaining how much work goes into those like six seconds of oh, film and stuff and it looked so good like i didn't I'm not a huge fan of the Star Wars space battles anyway, but the opening of Revenge of the Sith is actually really good to me, like that, very pretty. I would say visually that and the end battle scene in Rogue One, as far as space battles go, are two of the most beautifully shot scenes in like in cinema. Like they're so well done. And it it's crazy. But it is one of those things too of as great as that is. Revenge of the Sith also will always be remembered for the, you're, you're breaking my heart. <laughs> you're going down a path I can't follow. And I mean, like, I guess that's a good segue into just breaking down the plots of these movies because, yeah, we're going to rip them open. Well, the story itself is, is good. It's a tragic hero story, and I'm a sucker for those. And those are really, can be really well done, or I mean, really good if they're well done. But this one just has, it, it really comes down to just, George Lucas shouldn't have directed these. You know what I mean? He had a great idea, a great outline. Someone else should have come in and put the words down and told him how to do it. <laughs> like it's, I don't know what you call that. It's like a weird creative divide, but like you can't fault him for trying to put down his vision. Mm -hmm. But I mean, like Phantom Menace is ultimately I don't want to say a pointless movie. And we talked about this in the first take. But you don't have to tell them. Really, it's been it's, mostly original up until this point. I'm so proud yeah, of us. I'm surprised. We are doing great. But this is a good point to make, to reiterate but, since our first yeah, one. Yeah, that Phantom Menace doesn't set up... It sets up a lot of world-building rules for the Star Wars universe, but other than that, can be completely disregarded. Like The plot within the movie is not necessary to what happens in... Um, clones in Revenge of the Sith because yeah. everything else could be explained just in exposition of Attack of the Clones. Right. Almost everything, even Anakin being rescued as a slave, could just be a line of dialogue by Obi-Wan to Padme or to somebody else of explaining why Anakin's a angsty boy. But then how do you get them together? Because when you're like a teenager, you're not raging hormones anyway, right? 
That's true. I have my own thing about that, but we'll go into that when we do How Would You Fix It. I mean, we are going to do a, I guess we don't have to do a How Would You Fix It. I have my own take on it. I hope you do, but... <laughs> yeah, so most of Phantom Menace isn't really necessary, and the plot is basically just a trade dispute that Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon, who... I Qui-Gon is an amazing character. I'm happy Liam Neeson... You know, he crushed it. Yeah. But you really can just delete him, yeah. and it doesn't change anything. Oh, but how similar was Obi-Wan and his sacrifice on the Death Star for Luke? I don't see that connection. Uh, <laughs> um, the, like, I, hear people, <laughs> I hear people say that it's a, a, like a building block for Anakin's, you know, some of the stuff with Anakin because, you know, Obi-Wan didn't want him. Qui-Gon wanted him. But because Qui-Gon died, Obi-Wan kind of had him forced on him, which is a small seed planted that has never, you know, flourished. It's There's a lot of little things like that throughout the movies that are great ideas to expand upon that they just don't do anything with. And I think it's because Phantom Menace took so much time in terms of the overall story when it didn't need to. Which movie was it where midichlorians were introduced it's phantom okay it's what yeah yeah which <sighs> midichlorians it's pretty important as a star wars <laughs> nerd all my life midichlorians are such a divisive topic like what are your thoughts on midichlorians do you hate it do you wish it never been brought up oh, i mean i hate it but um now that we're here it is funny like the the i don't even think the sequel trilogy mentions no. them it's the only time midichlorians are mentioned are um, are phantom and then some stuff in the extended universe because of like um, in the Plagueis book and stuff. There's them about manipulating midichlorians and whatnot that led to that whole theory of the the theory that Anakin was created because Plagueis and Sidious were messing with midichlorians. The Force created a Jesus baby to counteract it, which is a cool story. It's very biblical, but. Uh, yeah, I think midichlorians was like he said that, and then everyone reacted poorly, and so everyone was like, maybe we shouldn't bring this up anymore. Well, you'd think in all his redos, he could have like taken that out. Just taken out that one scene? Yeah. I mean, he put things like the whole walking over Jabba the Hutt with Han Solo. That was terrible oh, looking. Oh, gosh. It's terrible looking, but it's funny. So he added that in. You just go ahead and take midichlorians out. Yeah, midichlorians are a weird thing for me because I like the idea in concept of that there is a way to see that a person has an a more affinity for the force. You know what I mean? Like I get that. I think it's just the ways it's explained is almost too clinical to where it makes it sound like, you know, you go in for a blood test. It's like, okay, you're not diabetic. You have a very high midichlorian count. Uh, your cholesterol seems to be okay. Yeah, where but, it's then, like, but then there's no real explanation as to why it's not genetic. But it is genetic. But his mom's a... Well, he was born of the Force. Is he? Yeah. How do you know? Because extended universe shit. <laughs> well, I guess we don't really know 100%, but that's the the pretty much confirmed theory, is that he's born of the Force. That's yeah. why he's so powerful. But he's not. Well, that's another <laughs> point that we haven't gotten to, but yeah, they they definitely... That, that always kind of made me mad, especially because, like, extended universe stuff explains it poorly, too. But, 
yeah, so Phantom Menace, I mean, you get Duel of the Fates, that fight scene. I've seen those YouTube videos that do the whole breaking down the choreography of fight scenes in movies. And sometimes those guys are just like, it's cool to watch, but sometimes those guys are so critical to where you're like, you know, this is a movie, right? Mm -hmm. Like lightsabers aren't real dog. You need to calm down. Like, yeah, that wouldn't make sense in a real fight. It's choreography. It's a dance, man. And why would you use stuff like that? If you can manipulate the force anyway, why wouldn't you legitimately just rip some dude's heart out yeah. from the inside? Honestly, they would just turn into Dragon Ball Z fights. It would. It really would. That's And that's not the point. No. So it's supposed to be this mystical fantasy dance. And like, it's cool. It's awesome. So people need to calm their tits about those fight scenes. But other than that, like pod racing's awesome. I still love it. I mean, it's kind of boring in, t- in certain parts because it goes on really long. And the fact that really we're just watching a kid race in a race he shouldn't to win a ship so they can get off the planet to go to the capital to be like, hey, those people are blocking us. <laughs> like, I don't it that the whole plot is very weird. But um, other than that, like we get some cool visual effects kind of dated but really the the movie can be just ignored sadly get some cool ships i got the lego set of the the naboo fighter well the naboo fighter was tight the one they take to go to um jar jar binks place that he lives oh the 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 bonga or whatever yeah, bongo. I have the one that... I'm trying to think how Boss Nass says it. He's like, who's the good bongo? <laughs> but the ship that they're in, I had that ship. Oh, yeah. That was cool. That was a cool Lego. Oh, Lego Star Wars was were 100% the best. They were, they were my life. They are my life. So many. We get into Attack of the Clones, though, and it's... Is it 10 years? Or is it... It's like... I think... I think it is 10 years, right? It might be. Why not? Why not? Hold on. Because Anakin's not. supposed to be nine. I No, I think it is ten years. Because I think Anakin's supposed to be nine in um, Phantom and then 19 in Attack of the Clones. So we have, once this stupid thing loads, because I had this pulled up before my computer crashed the first time we did this. Yeah. So the Phantom <laughs> Menace, because it crashed the first time we did this. The Phantom <laughs> Menace is 32 BBY. And then Attack of the Clones is 22 BBY. Okay, so it is 10 years. And uh, the only thing that doesn't make sense about that is that Natalie Portman's the only one that hasn't changed at all. (laughs) You haven't aged. Like, even Ian McGregor, they did a good job of just making him look like he's older. Yeah, he got facial hair. And, like, the The, thing was, he also did age. Yeah, oh, yeah, he definitely aged. There's there's some growing up or something, like, he beefed out. I don't even know because he does look a lot different. Yeah, he just looks a lot different. And not complaining, beautiful man. But uh hate his wig though. You can tell in certain <laughs> like scenes that it's like it's not especially with the Blu-rays that it's not really fixed on correctly. That always bugged me. But you know, then you got the Hayden Christensen coming in as Anakin, so obviously he's older than the nine year old or ten year old, whatever they have. A real the undiscovered talent in Hayden Christensen. Yeah. I I'm not a hundred percent a defender because I don't think he's some like could have been a DiCaprio level actor, but I do think people give him a lot of shit for these movies when a lot of it isn't his fault. A lot of it truly is script and directing. Oh yeah. I mean, Natalie Portman, while she's beautiful, 
is awful. Yeah, and she's an Oscar-winning actress. So Take like that. So when people are always, especially when it was coming to the sequel trilogies, we were like, why would anyone want Hayden Christensen to come back? I'm like, because with a competent director, he'd probably do fine. <laughs> like, but yeah, the whole plot of this one is the setup for the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Well, Attack, Attack of the Clones, which is always a weird title to me because Attack of the Clones makes me think the clones are the bad guys. At this point in the story, we don't know that's the case. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I remember distinctly, too, on the DVDs for Attack of the Clones, you had the clones, like, on one disc, and Django Fett was in front of them, and there was, like, a dark blue tint. And I get that it's, like, an alluding to their clones of him, but it made it look like they were the bad guys. Well, they are. But that's what I'm getting at. At the time, you're watching it as a kid but, being like, they're, no, they're not the bad guys. Well, you know they are, though. But they're fighting the evil droids. I know. It's it's. I'm just saying. It's like a weird kind of setup. I. Ah, it's just. It's very weird too how they introduce cloning in this movie because it's one of those things where, as opposed to in Phantom, where they were like, we. I felt like we learned so much about Senate, you know, procedure and shit and how trade routes work. When it comes to how cloning is used in this universe. It's just there? Yeah. Is it a is it illegal? Like, are they like, is this an illegal thing they're doing outside of Republic space? Like, what's the deal? Why aren't so. they cloning people all the time then? Well, uh, that's a that's a better question. Why aren't they doing it all the time? Right. And but then why wouldn't just... they have tried to clone Jedi? Is there like a religious ethical question to this? Like there's a when you open the door to cloning, which they did, they busted that shit down. Honestly, when they introduced the clone army, it it raised so many questions. Because even as a kid, I was like, wait, if they turn into stormtroopers, does that mean stormtroopers are all clones? And then you find out through extended universe stuff they're not. But then you're like, then why were they clones to begin with? Why wasn't it just a conscripted army? Yeah. It's it's very. This is where, like, the prequels, some of the prequel story stuff, you're just like, wait. But Camino was so cool. Camino was super cool. And a great level in Battlefront. Oh, yeah, that was a great level in Battlefront. I remember in the Attack of the Clones video game, though, that level pissed me off. <laughs> that was hard. But, yeah, it, there's a lot of... The visuals are stepped up for sure mm-hmm. Attack of the Clones. I would say the fight scenes are pretty cool, too. Like, I actually like the Anakin Obi-Wan chase. Chasing after, um, what was her name? Zed? Zeph? Oh, yeah, at the beginning. I yeah. had that uh, Lego set, the Oh, the her chase. speeder? Yeah. That was a good one, and too. And you could turn her face around, and it was her dead face. Her changeling face? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the one she died in. Uh, the plot of, see, the plot of this, this movie is a great setup for the start of a trilogy, in my opinion, where it's, you know, Natalie Portman as either the senator, princess, whatever you want to call it, is it being a attempted assassinated? I phrased that poorly, but kind of killed Keira Knightley. <laughs> that wasn't the real Keira Knightley. I wish Keira Knightley had come back just to die in that one. That'd have been kind of funny because at that point she was already doing other movies. Like she was actually making a name for herself. It was it was her. Well, yeah, she was the body double in Phantom. <laughs> but you were. I used mean? to get them confused in real life. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Where it's uh the all this properties of the setup of a bigger story happen in the second movie and that makes the pacing feel weird 
because this is the second act yet i feel like we're finally in the part where we're learning who these characters are and what's motivating everybody which is kind of the issue of the trilogy but i think at the end of the day the only the biggest flaw against attack of the clones is really the love story between Anakin and Padme because Hayden Christensen and her have no chemistry. Dude, they were tumbling in that field, though. <laughs> it looked very forced. <laughs> but it wasn't a natural slope. <laughs> no. <laughs> but yeah, like their dialogue and stuff with each other is weird. And that all that whole storyline takes so long. And it makes the movie feel feel long like attack of the clones (laughs) feels so long isn't it earned when they're back on uh tatooine and they're getting married or no not on tatooine when they're on when he kills them all oh when he kills the sand people yeah (laughs) you're just jumping around he slaughtered them slaughtered them like (laughs) animals the women and the children that's oh gosh it's just that's one of those scenes that could have been iconic, like not in the way that it is now. It's right. iconic as a meme, uh-huh. but Anakin finding his mom dead and then killing that entire village of uh, sand people and all that like fallout could have been the real like iconic moment from this movie. And it kind of, be- it just fell flat because of that awkward scene. And uh, I've talked about before how like all they really needed to do with Anakin to up the whole like, how powerful he is, is do what they did with Vader in the last scene of Revenge of the Sith when he's stepping off the platform and things are breaking around him because he's angry. Like, have that be a consistent thing where, like, in that scene where he's yelling at Natalie Portman about killing all the Sand People, have shit exploding and breaking around him. And she's like, oh, my God. (laughs) Well, that's what we wanted him to do when uh, Palpatine tells him that Padme's dead. You know, we didn't want him yelling. We wanted shit breaking. Yeah, we just wanted the silent rage of Vader and him fucking shit up. Yeah. I'm sorry. I thought Vader was supposed to be intense. He is. And they brought that back for Rogue One, and I'll always appreciate it for that. (laughs) (laughs) Really, they were just seeing into the future and kind of putting some uh, Kylo vibes out there. That was a very Kylo thing to do. Yeah, Anakin's a baby. Kylo's a baby. (laughs) The whole uh, the whole subplot though in Attack of the Clones with Obi Wan and Django and Django and then like finding the clones is pretty. I like that up until he gets to Geonosis and he's count, caught by Count Dooku. Then it slows down to a weird halt, and then it kind of gets confusing. Like even on the reviewing we did before Rise of Skywalker, when he's captured by Dooku, and Dooku's like asking him to join him to help destroy the Sith that has taken over you know, the Republic, it's weird that Obi-Wan doesn't give that like a second thought in terms of what Dooku said, but also it's weird that Dooku would put that information forward. Was he hoping to get Obi-Wan to turn? Cause it's not like he was trying to get him to turn to the dark side. He was like asking him to not basically not fight for the Republic which is weird. So was his game plan like, if I can get Obi Wan on my side, then I'll turn him to the dark side and we'll kill Sidious? Like, I mean, Sith are supposed to be manipulating and stuff, but I, I guess that whole scene doesn't really offer anything. Mm-hmm. It's kind of confusing. Well, seeing as he was Saruman 
in the Lord of the Rings. Love Christopher Lee. I think Lee. Count Dooku is like a worse version of Saruman, like trying to outplay the Emperor. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's not very convincing. Yeah, and and it's not Christopher Lee's fault. It really is no. like, it's so weird. So, like, all the Clone Wars show stuff, like, that Dooku feels like such a threat. Dooku in the movies themselves, though, doesn't. Like, oh, yeah. Nothing about it lands. It's oh, yeah. weird. In the opening of Revenge of the Sith, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Whatever. Gets, yeah. Just... <laughs> yeah, it's weird. But that whole plot with Obi-Wan, you know, following Django to Kamino, their whole fight scene's awesome. I remember being in that IMAX theater in uh, the chase scene where Django's chasing him in the Starfighter. Mm-hmm. When his bombs go off, he drops those bomb mine things. I legitimately thought my ear eardrums like just started bleeding. Yeah, it was so goddamn loud. But it was cool. It was awesome. But at the same time, <laughs> I'm sitting there like just covering my ears, being like, "Okay, I'm ready for this to be over." <laughs> <laughs> well, weren't we all though? Yeah, this is a long ass movie, isn't it? It's like two and a half hours, right? Was it? I thought it was like two and a half hours. Maybe. Yeah, and then like. C-3PO and R2's little oh god adventure their stuff adventure was through dumb. the droid factory was dumb. garbage and we were talking about the midichlorian things and the cloning thing opening doors R2-D2 has rockets now to fly around where the hell did those go yeah he just he downgraded later on yeah later they're like he doesn't need this super cool advanced technology he to ran out of storage so they had to uninstall some applications one of those being his rockets <laughs> you know at the end of revenge of the sith they're like uh prep the astromech droid for service and wipe the uh whatever droid's memory <laughs> just add another line of like oh and this astromech droid has rocket <laughs> power take that away from him <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like why sir we need it to be gone yeah <laughs> Otherwise, continuity. Otherwise, it doesn't make sense why he has it. Doesn't have it later, so we gotta Ever. get rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we kind of skipped over in Phantom. What do you What do you personally think about C three PO having been been built by Anakin? I'm okay with that. It It seemed like a cool thing at the time when Phantom Menace came out, and I remember I still have the comic somewhere. There's a great comic. That is uh, during Empire Strikes Back, where it's Vader just got to Cloud City and uh, 3PO. You remember in Empire Strikes Back, 3PO gets blown up mm-hmm. and Chewie finds him later? Uh, that room, ha- Vader goes into that room after 3PO has been destroyed and recognizes 3PO and kind of has like an interesting moment. It's a really cool in the comic kind of thing, but really it's not necessary. Like three PO could have been built by anybody. It doesn't, it didn't have to be Anakin. Cause there's no, there's no completion to that. Like there's no reveal or anything that happened that made it like a, well, I'm glad three PO was made by Anakin kind of moment. I think it was just more to set up like Anakin, how smart he was. That's true. But I feel like the fact that he built the pod racer to begin with is like, that's enough. Yeah, but why not put C-3PO on there to connect it even more to 4, 5, and 6? Yeah. I don't know. I still think it would have been a better character thing to where he wasn't a pilot. Like, if you take the pod racing thing out, make Anakin not a pilot, and the reason why he loves piloting is because he was a slave and never got to do it. You know what I mean? Like, 
It's like a source of freedom for but him. Then I wouldn't have my pod racing game to have played. That's and true. And that was incredible. That's true. I would never want to take the pod racing game away. That ooh. So that's why. That's why. <laughs> I take every, I'm taking back everything I said. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Attack of the Clones, I think, was the biggest reveal of it, though, was the uh, Battle of Geonosis scene. Just because we had never seen that many Jedi on screen at once, and they're all popping their lightsabers out, and it's like, oh, shit. Coming down with them clones. It was super cool. Uh, I couldn't remember his name. Django getting his head cut off was pretty surprising, too. I didn't notice this until movie details pointed it out, and it embarrasses me as a Star Wars fan. The reason that happens is because when Django gets hit by the rhino thing, Mm -hmm. it breaks his jetpack. And uh, I knew that had happened. But what I didn't realize was when Django's uh, shooting at Mace and Mace is charging at him and blocking the shots, you see the sparks come out of his jetpack. So he thought he was about to fly away. Like he didn't realize the jetpack's broken. So you see it like try to go. And so that's why he's just standing there like an idiot. And then his head gets cut off. So mm, redeemed that a little bit more wow. for me. Because I thought that was weird that he's like this bounty hunter that's killed Jedi before. And he's, you know, baddest man in the galaxy. He just stood there and just and Samuel one. Jackson just baseball swung his head off. Took a, a big purple saber. I love that story, though, of uh, Samuel Jackson wanted a purple lightsaber just so he could see himself on screen. <laughs> Have you not heard that story? No. Where he was, they were going to give him like a blue or green one. That's and, incredible. And they asked him uh, what he wanted, and he said, "How will I want to be able to see myself like in the big shots. He's like, can I have a purple lightsaber? And I mean, George Lucas is not going to like... George is going to say whatever he, yes to whatever Samuel Jackson wants, to be honest, because like it's incredible that he got Samuel Jackson. And so Samuel Jackson got a purple lightsaber. Well, that's awesome. That is that it's super iconic. And I love that uh, George George Lucas not only gave him the purple lightsaber was like, OK, well, I have to think of a I have to think of a lore reason for a purple lightsaber to go. And they it's like. If you've read the Mace Windu book, there's like a whole backstory as to what purple represents. And it's because Mace Windu like rides the line of the dark side and all this stuff. And his lightsaber combat, you're like, that's so cool. It's a nerd stuff. And then you're watching the behind the scene footage and say, well, Jackson's like, ah, I just asked for a purple lightsaber. <laughs> so one of the uh, extended universe books I read that I really liked was a Mace Windu book called Shatterpoint. Oh, is that when he's on the planet and he doesn't have his lightsaber? Yeah, with all the vibroblades. Yeah, mm. that was a great one. Mm. Highly recommend that read. Uh, some nostalgia. I the the fight scene at the very end though with uh, Count Dooku and Anakin could have been cool, and I wonder how much of it was just limited by Christopher Reeves or Christopher Reeves. Sorry. <laughs> A lot. <laughs> I had to recast him with Christopher Lee. Christopher Lee not is just work. because he's older. You know what I mean? Because like the fight, it's almost a meme now in itself is the, the fight between him and Anakin where they're just not even making contact and it's just boom, 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 boom. Yeah, they're yeah, just yeah. Like, it's like they're having a glow stick battle. Like they're not even close to each other and just keep spinning them. Like, it's weird. Yeah, they're at some EDM show. They both lit up, and they have the things in their hands. Yeah, it's it's bizarre. And then the Yoda fight, in my opinion... It was just cool, because we'd never seen yeah, Yoda do that. We didn't think Yoda had a lightsaber, to be honest. Or even, was, yeah, and had that much spunk in him. And I, I was... I. It's kind of 
cornball, but I liked their back and forth with the force thing. Uh, that was pretty cool. I thought it was funny that it was like, well, we don't know who's more powerful in the force. And I was like, well, I feel like Yoda is. <laughs> it's like, but I guess we'll have to challenge each other with lightsabers. I was like, no, no way. <laughs> oh my God, Yoda's got a lightsaber? <laughs> We watched a little green frog man jump around. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. I was like, what in the world? It was so And he bizarre. was crazy. Oh, yeah. I just like, as soon as the fight ends, though, too, he like force pulls his his cane back to him. He's like, ugh, it's been a long day, guys. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> and then, of course, it ends with the, like, begun the Clone Wars have. And... Yeah, that was nice because that's a callback. And it was set up in New Hope, you know, the you fought in the Clone Wars. I haven't read the full thing, but I know the original concept of the Clone Wars was different when George Lucas wrote the original trilogy. I think it was, I think it had something to do with clone Jedis, like that go bad, you know what I mean, or something. Uh, but I think it was stuff he threw away because even he knew it was like, okay, that's too far out there. <laughs> <laughs> No one's going to buy that shit. It's <laughs> an interesting voice you have for him. Uh, it's so hard to do the George Lucas voice because the young George Lucas voice sounds normal, but the Jowl voice George Lucas is like a weird, like, well, I was just working on, you know, the Jawas and the Ewoks. And <laughs> really, I just want to stop doing Star Wars films and do art movies. I just love art. Have you seen art? Yeah, Mickey Mouse came to me with like a $4 billion deal, and I was like, oh, fuck it. You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll just live off the royalties. Yeah. <laughs> Look at art. <laughs> but yeah, the story itself within Attack of the Clones, I guess is just to, it really just sets up Anakin as he's supposed to be this hero. He's the chosen one. You see his flaws. And, you know, now this war's come about. And, and he's then chasing tail. Chasing tail when he shouldn't be. Mm. Well, that was a, that was a big thing that was added in, uh, I feel like in this one, because I feel like in Phantom Menace, they don't bring it up at all. Uh, that Jedi can't marry. Yeah. That they cannot have girlfriends or anything like that. And I, it makes sense because they're, whole, they're based off of like a monk kind of lifestyle. But, but man. It, it's interesting in retrospect to be like, with the original trilogy, to be like, oh, wait. So even if Luke and Leia weren't siblings, <laughs> that wouldn't have worked either, right? Because, you know, Luke shouldn't be getting married because of the Jedi thing. And he was thinking with his lighter saber <laughs> slightly red saber oh man well how many years is revenge of the sith after attack of the clones three it's only it's only three bby oh man that's crazy that means all the clone war stuff the the comics the books and the tv shows all happen within a three-year span that's man. crazy I highly recommend the Clone Wars stuff if you're able to watch it through Disney Plus. It's kind of kiddie, but well, finding also the Cartoon oh. Network Clone Wars, yeah, the one by the, the Samurai Jacks. Oh my gosh, those are incredible! I still lit. have those on DVD. Those are lit, really lit it. fire. <laughs> but we already talked about the opening of Revenge of the Sith. That space battle, so cool. Again. It doesn't make sense that in space ships would fight like that. Dude, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't it's matter. super it's cool. awesome. And the little like spider droid things are cool. The the ships that turn into the, the oh, spider yeah, things, like, those yeah. are cool. Might have had that set I too. Think I had that one too. I mean I did, so like, <laughs> let's be honest. It's like, well, I don't know why I'm fronting. Yeah. I got that. Yeah, I did. It was cool. 
But yeah, then it's a whole thing of the opening is them rescuing Palpatine, who somehow has been captured by Grievous, which is in the the Cartoon Network Clone Wars many things that they showed because that was a really cool marketing strategy. And I, I think it's funny that they're not canon anymore because the whole point of it was it was this actual setup between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of yeah. the Sith that George Lucas put out to be like, this is what why this will make sense in the movie. Because really, you just start the movie and it's like, how did General Grievous capture the leader of the Republic from their home, like the home base? <laughs> like, how would that have happened? Yeah. But, I don't know. Grievous is a character. Super cool in those cartoons. Cool design. Honestly, one of the best character designs in Star Wars, in my opinion. He's very menacing. The arm detaching stuff's great. You can see that it's like an early stage of, like, uh, ultimately what happens to Vader of a bio-mechanical kind of, like, thing. And uh, it's just all-around looks amazing. But then he has that yeah. <laughs> like cough. His emphysema. <laughs> it's insane. And again, that's explained in that cartoon because is it Anakin or no, it's Mace Windu, right? Mace Windu crushes his lungs or some shit. Which brought up to what we were talking about in Phantom Menace. Like, if Jedi really were that powerful, they wouldn't use lightsabers. They would just rip people apart. Yeah. But and it it's kind of weird that Grievous can do things things or like like you could just crush his heart with the force right that's and that's something that i always think about when obi-wan ends up fighting him on uh Utapau later in the movie is like why does he need the stick or anything like i get he lost his lightsaber it's like oh no obi-wan lost his light why doesn't he just force push this dude around <laughs> like mm-hmm. let's go <laughs> but i like i, I do think it's funny that General Grievous has not met Anakin in that opening. It's the, like, General Skywalker, I thought you'd be taller or whatever. Or I forgot what he... Oh, no, he says, like, you're rather short for someone who with such a reputation or something. I don't know. But I think it's funny that they had to keep that continuity throughout all the extended universe stuff. <laughs> because of that one line, there's not a single time where Anakin comes face-to-face with Grievous. And it's always some funny thing of, like... They're attacking Grievous's ship, but uh, Anakin gets split up and has to go do something else while Obi-Wan or the other Jedi he's with go after Grievous. It's like always this weird, like, okay. <laughs> no, wait, yeah, there was one. Oh, yeah, there was an extended universe book I read with that. Where it's like Anakin's like right about to get to yeah. Grievous, and what then something weird happens. Ah, oh, I can't remember Whatever. Either. It's but out it, there. I just think it's funny that that's a that was like something they had to stick to now because of that line of dialogue. Uh, but yeah, we already talked about the Dooku fight a little bit. It's kind of a warrant wall. It was a it's a big moment because Anakin murders him, um, executes, executes. That's a cool thing in the Dooku book, by the way. If you ever get a chance to read that, the it goes through Dooku's last moments before he gets his head cut off, where he like realizes that he's been used this entire time just to set Anakin up, that he was never going to like succeed Palpatine and kind of his whole like thing and his like inner debate of like, do I just tell Anakin he's the Sith? You know what I mean? Like he, it was, it's an interesting little like chapter, but uh, yeah, this is a weird 
a lot of the beginning of Revenge of the Sith is awkward, in my opinion. Like, the dialogue, the pacing, because that battle happens, and then they go back to Coruscant, and it's like, the war's not happening. Like, they're on R&R or something. Because, like, if the war's as bad as they're making it sound throughout, shouldn't these top guys be out there trying to do stuff right now? Yeah. It, it's weird. Uh, we do find out Padme's pregnant, which uh, we all know that's going to... Clearly didn't take that long. Or I guess yeah. it was three years, but, like... Wow. This is one of those moments, too, where the whole, like, you don't understand how the whole force-sensing stuff works. Because I feel like Anakin would have sensed his wife was pregnant either immediately when they were, like, near each other, but also wouldn't have Obi-Wan sensed, wait, Padme has force-sensitive child. Also, why wouldn't they have known there were two? Like, I feel like he they should have known there were twins in there. But again, you can't you can't have that happen because Vader doesn't know Luke has a sister until Return of the Jedi. Yeah. So you're kind of hammer locked in there. But that's still just always something that stuck out to me of like, why wouldn't he have sensed it? It's bizarre. Well, maybe Anakin's blind, you know, just He's just blinded by his love. Oh wait, shit. Isn't that one of those stupid lines Padme says to him <laughs> in the, in that weird balcony scene? Where she's like combing her hair and she's like, let's go back to Naboo. I want to have the baby in Naboo. Oh, the man. Because she's like, so love has made you blind? <laughs> it's like something yeah. weird. The the scene in Attack of the Clones where it's like nighttime and they're in front of the fire. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. The tension when I was young. I th- I thought that was like so cool when I was young. It was like this weird, like oh, it's forbidden love. Oh, or she's so cute. Watching it now, yeah, it's awful. You're, it's awful. It's real bad. <laughs> Can I turn a light on in here, or are you guys? Okay. I feel like R two should have come in as the chaperone, and be like, nope, no, 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 no. Yeah, C three. Oh, oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> your Majesty, you must uh, move away from this creeper. <laughs> it's uh, strictly forbidden. <laughs> Get out of here, C three PO. I'm working. <laughs> Don't block me, three PO. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, remember there's that there's the awkward yeah. balcony scene where they're back at her apartment, and uh, again, that's just something that's never explained. Of like, does Anakin have to sleep at the temple? And it's weird because she's hiding behind a pillar when they arrive, you know, and yeah. it's like they would all know. Yeah, I they would I put just... together she's pregnant. Yeah, I. We don't have to think about that too much. But it's a big plot hole. <laughs> so much of it is when you introduce the Force. I know. And that's why I loved that Screen Rant thing of the like, oh, it's awesome when you just say the Force can do stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, Shit. Right here, Hale's a giant viper because uh, I, the Force can do that. We or decided something. the Force decided. can do that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the uh, Anakin distrusting the Jedi plot line through this and feeling like betrayed by the Jedi is a great is another great little like seed of why he would fall to the dark side that they don't really expand on anymore. There's all these little seeds planted of different things that would contribute to him falling to the dark side that they don't expand enough to really hit home. And so it really does make it feel like it's just like, oh, Padme's gonna die possibly. Well, you think they just introduced it as one step towards the Sith without actually thinking what that could all mean. Because it is a great 
point that the Jedi aren't perfect and they have their own flaws too. Like, right. Clearly, cutting off any sort of emotion isn't good. Right. And their their devotion to the Republic is in itself a dangerous thing. Yeah. Like, it shouldn't be about the government. It should be about the people. So they shouldn't care what the government does. Like, there's a right. lot there that shows... It's a flawed system. They're just like, whatever. They're just whatever. It's yeah. about love. Anakin shouldn't have banged Padme. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The Sith hold powers. Unnatural. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, that is a amazing scene still. the um, When Palpatine and Anakin are at the weird, I guess, space opera. Yeah. The weird bubble Circus, Do- Circus Olay thing that's happening. I don't know what that is, but their dialogue is still so solid there. I love that whole scene. It's mainly, uh, I forgot that actor's name, but it's mainly the actor who plays Palpatine that carries that scene, but it's so iconic, both in memes and in just general, that is just a a great scene. Yeah. I don't know, I loved it. Yeah, it's a That's So Raven moment. Yeah. They do the weird thing. They do the same thing they did in Attack of the Clones, though, where they split up Anakin and um, Obi-Wan. Not, I mean, I can see why they split them up in this one as well, but it it felt more of a why wouldn't have Anakin gone with Obi-Wan to go get Grievous. There wasn't like a clear cut, no, Anakin, we need you to stay behind. Hold on to the fort. It's like, well, if Anakin's like your top dude and he's supposed to be this Republic hero and the chosen one, why not have him go with Obi-Wan? Yeah. Like, if he had gone with Obi-Wan, a lot of this wouldn't have happened. Like, it's kind of a weird... That one I just wasn't sold on. But I love the whole uh, the Battle of Utapau thing with Obi-Wan. It's a little bit cornball-y, especially be- just because of the, oh, hello there. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but again, it's... Ewan McGregor is too good for these movies. Like... We just don't deserve him in these movies. In all three of them, he crushes it. And it, like, it, but the cards are stacked against him throughout the entire saga. Yet he crushes it. And I can't wait for the Obi Wan TV show. It's going to be great. But it's one of those things where I feel like he's the actor that knows what movie he's in. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's not like Judy Dench and Cats. I feel like that's a mean comparison. <laughs> <laughs> she knew what movie she was in. Because I was, what I meant was that Obi, Obi, I keep calling one, wanting to call him Obi McGregor. <laughs> Go ahead. Obi McGregor knows that this isn't like an Oscar-winning movie, but he's also not shitting on it too. He's mm-hmm. giving forth an effort and understands this is fun. Let's have fun with it, as opposed to. Unfortunately, like I've seen the behind the scenes stuff where it's just George Lucas telling Hayden Christensen, like, no, you need to be more, more angsty. Like it needs to be more of an emotional, like frustration. And it's Hayden Christian be like, are you sure? (laughs) (laughs) It's like, this seems kind of like over the top. (laughs) No, it's perfect. No, it's perfect. I want you to like, just really be unlikable. (laughs) (laughs) You go watch or look at what George has been watching on his TiVo. It's all this days of our lives. Oh Yeah. General very, Hospital. Very soap opera-ish. Yeah. I feel like you talked to me about, though, uh, Revenge of the Sith, just aesthetically, just the different places they go visually, so pretty. Yeah. Every place is so distinct. And I know we're supposed to be mainly focusing on uh, the prequel trilogy, but I feel like that's something the prequel trilogy does better than original trilogy 
and sequel trilogy is mm-hmm. every planet they went to felt like a completely different planet and not just a different ecosystem of one planet, if that makes sense. And barring Camino, I feel like we see more of the planets that we're on. Yeah, it, it feels more open and that these are more like, yeah, these are planets that are lived on. Because, you know, the original trilogy, it suffers from a lot of the budgetary stuff. Of, but it, at the end of the day, it just feels like they're on one planet that's in different ecosystems besides Cloud City and Dagobah, I'd argue. But, you know, that carried over into the sequel trilogy where so many of the places they go just seem the same. Like, it didn't feel like a new planet as opposed to these prequel trilogies do a great job of every planet they went to felt so new and eye-opening you're like whoa look at this crazy place like Utapau is this weird place where they have tunnels and stuff like that's how their city is built is like downward tunnels mm-hmm. it's awesome Mustafar is a giant lava planet but it still was like a weird the weirdly lit and magma stuff like it just yeah and they had flowed. to have like the shields and stuff for everything yeah. that was there it all flowed in a really nice kind of interesting way and I think that's something a lot of people don't talk about enough is and just we went to Kashyyyk that was cool yes finally getting to go to Kashyyyk was a big deal because I really wish Return of the Jedi had actually been Kashyyyk <laughs> instead of uh, the moon of Endor <laughs> I think that would have been super cool to watch Wookiees destroy stormtroopers we got to see Wookiees fight CGI droids that's cool too Uh, yeah man I feel like it was kind of sad we didn't get more of the Battle of Kashyyyk. We got that cool opening scene where it's like the droids invading and yeah. stuff like that. But it had been cooler to see more of a drawn-out battle. I still laugh at the scene of um, when that battle's happening and there's that one droid ship that like fires and like almost hits Yoda. And he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's like that one scene of Yoda being like, oh, my God. <laughs> It's a pretty weird, like, choice to be like, yeah, let's have that in the movie. Because <laughs> that's a CGI scene. So someone spent, like, months of their lives. Way too much time. <laughs> showing a little blip on the Just expectation, showing, yeah. Showing almost a blooper reel of Yoda being like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Order 66, probably one of the most iconic wow. things to come out of Star Wars, in my opinion. Savage absolute savage and that's one of the scenes that well, is propped up before so we go much. we gotta arrest palpatine oh you're yeah, under arrest did. fool <laughs> <laughs> yeah in the name of the galactic <laughs> alliance <laughs> i'm samuel jackson and i'm going to arrest your ass <laughs> that scene just again like samuel jackson's doing great but the actor who plays palpatine he's another one of those actors that understands the movie he's in and is able to just the, are you threatening, Master Jedi? <laughs> like, oh, shit. <laughs> and then we get a weird CGI. Pro- I would say this is the worst, worst fight in all it's of the Star Wars movie. It's not a fight, and that's the problem. Somehow Sidious takes out three Jedi that in the extended universe are supposed to be like these crazy good swordsmen. Like yeah. Kit Fetz- Fitzo or whatever, the green one with the tentacles. It's supposed to be this crazy badass jedi there's a really good uh clone wars episode with him. yeah and he gets murked instantly so stupid yeah it's so stupid then we get a semi-decent samuel jackson versus sidious fight yeah but then we get the and we also get the first instance of sidious uh shooting himself oh my god (laughs) yeah which again this goes to the whole like 
So when that happens, when he's shooting lightning and uh, Samuel Jackson's like blocking it and it's hitting him, I feel like at that point you could make the argument he's doing that intentionally to make it like sympathy for Anakin to be like, Anakin, look, I'm an old I'm dying now. I can change the launch, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, that whole thing. I'm so weak. <laughs> I love that scene, actually, where he's like, I'm too weak. I'm too weak. <laughs> like, that's actually what he's saying. <laughs> it's so weird. But, again, why would he do that? Mm -hmm. Why wouldn't he turn that off? <laughs> like, just turn off the lightning, man. Or at least maybe not go 100%. Yeah, don't go, <laughs> don't go all out. Yeah, you're not going <laughs> to kill him, so maybe just hold him back. Yeah, tone it down, brah. But... Yeah, I would guess, yeah, we shouldn't skip over that because that is the pivotal Anakin That's turning the decision-making scene. scene. Where uh, Anakin decides, to be fair, this is a weird scene. In a, in a better situation, better handled situation in terms of how the story is structured, it would have been a great decisive choice. Because the problem is, everything we've learned about the Jedi up to this point makes it seem like Anakin's in the right. Saying we can't kill him, that's murder. Right. But Samuel Jackson's like, we have to, he's too powerful to be kept alive. You know, he controls the Senate and the courts and all that stuff. And like, that makes sense in a real world scenario. But again, we've spent three movies, including this one, explaining how that's not okay for Jedi to do. So why was it wrong that Anakin stopped? You know what I mean? It's like a weird balance like i don't i don't even know like because like what if if anakin had cut off palpatine or uh samuel jackson's hand mace windu and mace windu died or whatever but anakin brought palpatine before the council and was like hey mace windu was about to ice this dude would he have been praised would he have been banished like what's the rule there because technically anakin followed the rules in that moment I mean, for again, for the wrong reasons, because yeah. he actually wanted uh, Palpatine to be alive to teach him how to save Padme, but to use the dark side. Yeah, but still, it's like a, it's a weird gray area that's I feel like not fully thought out. That was definitely something that was brought up to George, like, oh no, people are gonna think about that. He's he's distracted by love. <laughs> yeah, or don't worry, we'll just take that idea and throw it out the window. Yeah, no, you know, that's I forgot about that. No, it's fine. They won't notice. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah just thrown out the window but as we've learned from star wars you know if you get pushed off of a great height and we don't see your body land you're probably still alive yeah you can even get cut in half yeah i mean maul did it maul was fine <laughs> came back a scratch came back as a better character <laughs> 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 but uh, i mean like mace windu might be alive out there somewhere that'd be kind of a fun twist well, I guess he's dead because his voice appears to Ray in Rise of Skywalker. So I guess that means he's dead. Oh my! Yeah, interesting. <laughs> now I'm blue ballsing over like what happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is where we get the whole Rise Lord Vader and Lord Vader. Oh, I'm glad we didn't skip over this because my favorite shot of the whole trilogy is this next shot where he tells uh, Anakin, you have to go to the temple and kill them all. And it's Anakin walking in with the troops behind him. Yeah. That is, oh my God, that is the best shot of this saga in my opinion. It's so good. I love it. 
I wish we had gotten to see Anakin destroy people in that Jedi temple. But again, I understand that wouldn't have flown with the kids movie. We did get what well, is now PG thirteen. Yeah, it was PG thirteen. But we'd now get I see, I would have rather had him fighting Jedi throughout and just killing Jedi than what we got, which I felt like was worse, which is the uh Anakin, Mas- Anakin. Yeah, Master Skywalker. That's too many of them. What are we going to do? He's about to butcher these kids. Oh shit. (laughs) And you kind of see it on the the holocron thing when they're looking at the CCTV of space. Oh yeah. (laughs) But oh man, who would who would kill younglings? It's like, oh shit. (laughs) Yeah, and then like Yoda clutching his heart. He's like, oh Yeah, order yeah, this because this is order sixty six. This is when we were talking about the extended universe helping these movies too reading the books, the shows and everything, and then watching all these Jedi that you now know all these crazy backstories for go out the way they do is soul crushing. It is some Game of Thrones level like, oh shit. (laughs) Like, no. Was it the Twilight girl uh, on Felucia? Yeah, Leah Sakura. Sakura. She gets lit up like a Christmas tree. Yeah. That one is the most brutal (laughs) in my opinion because the other ones, they kind of get blown up. Like, um... (laughs) Uh, Kaimunde or whatever, um, the big yeah 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 head dude. Like he gets shot a couple times, but they stop. Like he dies and they stop. Alicia Kira gets shot twice and it's falls she's, be- yeah. She's also like, come on guys, let's go. Yeah, she's like, okay, we're moving out. Gets shot, falls behind a mushroom, and they're like, let's make uh, sure. Unbelievable. Plocoon gets shot out of the sky. That one's sad. I felt bad for the girl on the speeder bike. I forgot what her name was, but she's the one on the speeder bike where the two guys get the call yeah. and then they just fall back behind her and shoot her. Oh, they're so brutal. And then Obi-Wan gets shot by Cody. That one's kind of sad too, but you know he's going to survive it. Good fake out with that though was the uh, Cody handing him the lightsaber like m- like seconds before they shoot him out of the cannon or whatever. Oof, that was a good one. I don't like... Post Order 66, though, I have to say I don't like how um, Obi-Wan is, like, really casual about his clone betraying him. When he's calling for help and uh, Bail Organa answers, he's like, my clone troopers have betrayed me. I would be like, <laughs> what's going on? Like, have you seen this shit? <laughs> like, the guys I just fought with for the past three years tried to kill me. Like, what is going on? Yeah. I guess you can chop that up to the whole like, oh, he's a Jedi, he's at peace. Like, nah, no, you need to have you some. Wouldn't. You need to have some panic moment. Yeah, even Yoda showed more emotion. Yeah, oh man, him getting attacked on um, Kashik was pretty pretty awesome. That was kind of just like a big <laughs> come at me, bro moment. Yeah, just immediately cuts those clone troopers' heads off. <laughs> I like that. Uh, Chewbacca and Tarfil are like, what the hell? <laughs> like, uh. And they just go with it because like, what else are we supposed to do? <laughs> we just watched this dude kill those guys. I guess we're in. We're accomplices. Let's do this. <laughs> Can you imagine that like scene instead of them escaping? It's like, we got to hide the bodies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're like digging holes for those clone troopers. Like, they can't know we did this, man. Chewbacca, I'm not going down for this shit. <laughs> Be pretty good. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> You're not on board. I get it's it. It's okay. I'm listening. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, when Anakin and Obi Wan fight at the end of this movie, it's a little. It's 
it's one of those where if uh, the original trilogy is like a two or three in terms of the choreography, in terms of like the pacing and stuff, this fight's like an 11 and it needs to be taken down to like a seven. You know what I mean? Where it's, it's just slightly too much of the glow stick moments. <laughs> and like, there's great moments in the fight where you can tell that they're missing each other and blocking each other because they know each other's moves. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of like the moment where they both try to do force push on each other. Yeah. That's like a great moment of, Oh, well they've been best friends for 20 years. Like, okay. 13, 13. And we beat them. Peter, we've been friends longer than Anakin and Obi-Wan. And you haven't betrayed me yet. <laughs> Yeah, because I'm Obi Wan. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. That tracks. But uh, yeah, there's just a lot of moments in the fight where that goes a little bit too far. Uh-huh. Where it's just, I think it's, it's like halfway through the fight where it does a like, boom, 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 before they collide, and you're like, that was a little much. I also think this fight shouldn't have been as even as it was. Like, it's cool to have those moments. But in my mind, this was the moment where you show, like, how scary Anakin can be. And, like, it almost should have been, like, a horror movie-style moment where Anakin's Jason. And is, like, chasing. Yeah, it's hunting Obi-Wan down. And Obi-Wan's, like, putting up a fight, but Anakin's just breaking shit and destroying him. Because, again, he's supposed to be the embodiment of the Force. So, I think that would have been a cool moment. (laughs) And, uh... Yeah, the I have the high ground. Again, it's a meme that's great, but that whole the way that whole plays out is just kind of a lazy, we don't know how to end this fight. That's what it feels like. Because why would that matter? Why wouldn't Anakin just jump onto the ledge and then walk towards him and then continue the fight? <laughs> well, he was uh, lost in his passions. He had just murked his wife. Or... Yeah, choked out his wife. Gosh. In front of an audience. <laughs> it's a weird, weird fetish. <laughs> Yeah, him, that whole scene with, uh, before the fight of the whole, like, you portrayed me and stuff, was one of those moments, again, could have been great, dialogue needed to be tweaked a little bit, and everyone's and emotions. And the look on his face. Yeah, his um, everyone's emotions needed to be taken down a level. Like, I get it's high tense, but this is, like, soap opera level crazy. Like, the way he says the now iconic, that like, I have bought peace, security, and freedom to my new empire. It's like. Okay, calm down. <laughs> like two notches there, Anakin. <laughs> but other than that, like it's a good, powerful moment. Like when I was watching him in the theaters, I was glued. Like mm-hmm. this was so tragic. And then, you know, Anakin gets cut up, set on fire. <laughs> that was that was pretty brutal. When he's falling down and then he just yeah, catches on fire. Just a little bit. You're just it, like, oh yeah. shit. <laughs> Oh, uh, I almost called him Obi McGregor again. You <laughs> and McGregor, you and Kenobi, you and Kenobi, crushes it again with his uh, "I loved you, Anakin." Like that whole scene, like it hits home. You're like, oh my god, you are the chosen one. That was, it's so good. And then you get the little picks up his lightsaber, and yeah. I guess you assume that he thinks Anakin's dead. Now. I wish he would have maybe force blown some wind on him. Just to put him out? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Or exacerbate the fire? (laughs) No, 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 no. Extinguish that. Force mother. Force mother. Well, the fire goes out on its own. Yeah, when it doesn't have stuff left to burn. 
Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do think, and I said in a Rise of Skywalker episode, I've thought for forever that that scene should have shouldn't have been the high ground thing. It should have been them in the heat of the battle. Anakin gets the upper hand, is about to just ice Obi Wan, and then he senses Padme die. You know what I mean? Like I think the Padme birth of the twin scene. Even should, though I'll, should have coincided. Yeah, should have coincided because it would have been a good parallel too. Of like the twins are born, both Padme and Anakin die. Te- well, Anakin, you know, dies kind of mm-hmm. thing. Like it would have been a nice parallel. As much as I love the weird robot that keeps going uba uba <laughs> during the birthing scene, <laughs> uba. <laughs> it's so weird. It's soothing. But yeah. Some- Pre ASMR. This is this is where the movie does like a weird. It it almost pulls a Lord of the Rings thing where it's three ending shots essentially because we're setting up where everyone is. Yeah, we're setting up where everybody is, and they're all individually incredible shots. Like I loved that. I loved the the shot of uh, Palpatine and Vader looking at the Death Star being constructed. Great shot, (laughs) Lord Vader. Vader. The Obi-Wan on Tatooine giving Luke to uh, Owen and what's his aunt's name? Prue? Prue, yeah. Like giving them Luke and twin sons thing. It's a great Star Wars moment. Member? Padme's Padme's funeral is pretty brutal. I I was wondering when that happened. I was like, oh shit, is Vader going to be there? But I mean, he wasn't. I, would they have allowed him to be at the... I mean, it's his empire technically or, yeah. was, or was vader a secret at that point because remember in the extended universe vader was like a secret for a little while he was like the invisible hand of palpatine and then he eventually became more of a public figure but it's like how do you not know what he did yeah that's the other weird thing is i guess it's not fully explained like the new what do cycle people, yeah what <laughs> do people think though happened what do people think happened to anakin yeah do they just assume he died with the rest of them in order 66 i guess which he did. Yeah, technically. Huh. Um, but that's how the story wraps up, and it it really is a tragic hero arc where George Lucas tried to simplify it to where it was one. Because, like, the, you know, you've been in all the same English classes I have, where the tragic hero storyline is the whole almost a perfect in every way, but they have one fault, and, like, Anakin's fault is loving Padme. But I feel like you can't do that completely there needs to be things that force that to be his final straw if you know what i mean i think it's just i think it's more the uncontrolled it's, it's, it's his I guess inability you could say to pride. control his emotions i guess yeah i guess in that sense you could say it's pride because he he does go on spells where he's like i need i should be stronger and i should be able to save you and so it's kind of like a prideful thing and he's too brash so but i still think if you're gonna set up the moment to be him turn to the dark side is to save Padme. There need, it needs to be set up to where Padme is all he has left. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's not, and it's not. And like, I get, he loves her, but it's one of those things where we don't understand why there's, there just hasn't been enough setup to where that would be as impactful, I guess. I don't know. It, it, it just doesn't land. So I, I always thought, it would make more sense. I guess this is kind of transitioning to how to fix it. I could talk for two hours about what my prequel trilogy, how to be set up. But the simple fix of it is you get rid of Phantom Menace. You have the opening of attack of the clones 
either be uh you know f- like kind of basically a summary of what uh happens in phantom minutes where they find anakin like you could set that up or it could just be exposition and you have them fall in love through him playing bodyguard to padme and that's fine but i've always thought it needs to be a thing where anakin throughout sees the flaws of the jedi and uh maybe doesn't want to be a jedi anymore there's kind of that give and take i think him seeing the war go on and uh, the Jedi being soldiers instead of peacekeepers and bound to the Republic should play a factor. And I definitely think at the end of the second movie, he should be at a place, like at a dark place where you don't know where he's going to be in the third one. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that way you can spin the third one watching his drop. Like he's at the edge at the end of the second movie and then he just drops into the third. If that makes sense. Well, yeah, and like he kind of like his first night back in Revenge of the Sith is when he has that nightmare. That's but then, true. And then it's like not the first. Then we know it's not the first time he's had the nightmare. Yeah, it's it's weird. Like, cause in in my mind, I think it would make sense to where if you paste the movie in a different way, to where Attack of the Clones is technically the first one, and then the second movie is more of a war movie. I think you can have the whole pregnancy thing be the end of. Um, Attack of the Clone, or the second movie, you know what I mean? End of the second movie, to where that sets up the third one in a great way, because you can have it be where Anakin senses the darkness coming or something, you know what I mean? He senses something that's terrifying him. In a moment of weakness, he confides in Obi-Wan, saying like, hey, Padme's pregnant, I don't know if I'm going to make it out of this war, will you please look after the kid. What, like, whatever happens to me, promise me to the look after... The reverse Pearl Harbor. Right. It's the reverse Pearl Harbor. Thank you. That's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking of because I'm always thinking of Pearl Harbor. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. telling Obi-Wan, like, if anything, whatever happens to me, promise me to look after my kid. You know, that's a bad idea that he told Obi-Wan this because he shouldn't have the child. And basically we're left with like almost a cliffhanger of whether or not Obi-Wan's going to tell the council. So then you open up the third one where either Anakin's been at war for a long time or a short time, doesn't matter. He comes back. He thinks he's getting like a hero's welcome from the Jedi council where it's like a, I'm going to become a master now. Nope. It's, Hey, Obi-Wan told us you have a kid, you know, that's not allowed. You're out. So he's kicked out of the order in the third one at the beginning of the third one that sets up Palpatine to come in as like, I've always been there for you. Just be my right-hand man. I'll make you in charge of the armed forces. You'll be General Skywalker. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. sets Anakin already up as this right-hand man to Palpatine. And then he can get his lightsaber back. Yeah. <laughs> but it's red. Because he's bad now. Well, he wouldn't be bad necessarily then. No, like he it, would later when he... Oh, when he gets his lightsaber. Yeah. Yeah. And it just sets it up in an interesting way where it's he's now an antagonist. And you know how that whole plot line of like he's the liaison to the Jedi for Palpatine in Revenge of the Sith, that makes more sense in that context because he's not a member of the Jedi Council. He's a member of the Republic Army. And so it sets up to that moment where Mace Windu is about to murder Palpatine to be like, I don't. I'm not with the Jedi anymore. I think you guys are wrong. Like, and it sets up more in that fight with Obi-Wan where it's just instead of 
the terrible line of, from my point of view, the Jedi are evil. It sets up more of a like anarchist. Why would I believe you? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It gives more of a give and take. And then it sets up for an amazing reason. Well, I mean, Obi-Wan already had a reason to look after Luke, but it also sets up an amazing like level of guilt. Obi-Wan feels for looking after Luke. He's like, this is all my fault. If I had just not told the council, we don't know how this would have gone. But the same time, he technically did the right thing. It would have added a great dichotomy going into the original trilogy. Hmm. Yeah. Dichotomy sounds like Dyad, and that comes back. Oh, God, in the sequel trilogy. It's nice. Nice. Yeah. All in all, to wrap things up with the prequel trilogy, though, it's every time I've rewatched them, I laugh at the terrible stuff. I think so much of it is so stupid and bad, but I love every minute of watching it. It's a weird feeling. There's a lot of characters I really love. A lot of the stuff dealing with the Clone Wars from the games to the books the comics are some of my favorite in Star Wars. It's such a weird thing that I love that era of Star Wars so much. Yet the movies, it's one of the movies I use as an example of. I love them, but objectively, I could never tell anyone they're good movies. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people can't do that, and that frustrates me. They're either like, oh, you don't like it because da 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 you can like something, but objectively know that this is not a qual- high quality yeah. story or film. It's a film. fun movie. It's not a great film. Yeah. Martin Scorsese. But yeah, like, what. Do you. I feel like you have a more of a harsher take on the prequel trilogy, though. Not in, like, saying that you hate them, but, like, you're more. I feel like my nostalgia lenses are a little bit rosier than yours on these trilogies. Well, I just can't watch it as much as you can. Well, yeah, because <laughs> like when the acting is that bad, it's kind of hard to like just keep doing it over and over. Uh, I'm not saying I value my time more than you value <laughs> yours, <laughs> but uh, I mean, yeah, Star Wars is fun though. Yeah, Star Wars is Star Wars is always fun, and I think it will always have a special place in my heart, even though Disney's killing me. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, even have Battlefront too, even though I didn't want it. You got and boy, it. Boy, I waited till it was on so it was on sale so bad. <laughs> I didn't give that company more than twelve dollars. <laughs> but it's it's a blast now. Yeah, that wasn't a plug for. It's <laughs> not. We're it's not definitely sponsored. not. Just saying, I enjoy <laughs> Star Wars, even over how they've ruined it themselves and companies like EA have just prostitute pro- made it into a <laughs> thing to be prostituted. Yeah, that's a good way of I putting don't know. it. Yeah, Star Wars is a weird is a weird entity. It's a you know, the original trilogy were was lightning in a bottle and uh the attempts to recreate that lightning have failed thus far. Objective Objectively people's. failed. But like they've It's what a ride. It's been an incredible ride. It, you can't not get a bajillion dollars. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Star Wars, a billion dollars. <laughs> I just thought about the fact that uh, George Lucas they didn't they buy it for four billion. Oh yeah, oh yeah. No, so, they are like Disney made their money back within the year. Yeah, within the first year of uh, owning the rights, just through merchandise and um, the Force Awakens. But I was just thinking, if you take all the merchandise and stuff out of it, because uh, Rise of Skywalker hit a billion. So out of the three movies, they're one billion shy of like having made their money back. And I bet if you add up Rogue One and Solo. I bet that adds up oh, yeah. to close no, to a billion. No, have, so in yeah. their movies, they've definitely just through the movies alone made their money back. Oh yeah, 
That's pretty crazy. Oh, the mouse, man. Can't get enough of that cheese. Uh-huh. Yeah, we got Star Wars now, <laughs> bitches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you like seeing the Force? <laughs> you want to see Yoda take a giant shit for an hour and a half? <laughs> oh, oh, you will. <laughs> Consume the product. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's when you know you got to end it. Yeah, we got to end They're it. They're both okay. doing Yoda voices, and it's yeah. oh my God. <laughs> We're going to do the original trilogy next. H- hopefully... Well, I say hopefully like this was terrible, but maybe yeah. there will be more than just me and Peter. Um, sometime soon, it might come in between one of these retrospectives. We're going to do an Oscar episode where we do our Oscar predictions, I guess, is a way to put it. But we're also going to talk about the movies we saw. Scary. I don't want to be put on record what my predictions are. What if I get them all wrong? Then we get them all wrong together because it doesn't really matter. The Oscars are kind of a weird thing anyway. That's true. It's true. so political these days. <laughs> but so yeah. white. <laughs> Hashtag bright. The, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you have that to look forward to. And uh, remember, you can follow us at TMFT Podcast or write us an email at Gmail or at Gmail at TMFT Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, thanks for listening and we'll be back with the original trilogy or the Oscar thing depending on what comes out first we'll be back we'll always no one's ever really gone